Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, three-year, 30,000-mile complimentary maintenance, and America's best warranty ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. America's best warranty claim based on total package of warranty programs. See dealer for limited warranty details. Complimentary maintenance included Hyundai approved oil and oil filter change, except for electric vehicles and fuel cell electric vehicles, plus tire rotation, normal factory schedule maintenance intervals for three years or 36,000 miles, whichever comes first. More frequent maintenance due to severe driving conditions or conditions is excluded. Offer valid only for new 2020 or 2024 Hyundai models purchased or leased on or after February 1st, 2020. See your Hyundai dealer for further details and limitations. Hi, Timmy Whispers here from Gimme the Hot Sauce Podcast. The two-way V4 features groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam, creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Fuel cell gives you the ultimate energy return, ensuring every step feels explosive and dynamic. Fresh foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort for the entire game. The upper construction features a lightweight textile that reduces weight while remaining supportive and breathable. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way at newbalance.com. Time for a brand new episode of Gimme the Hot Sauce. Stacy King is on the road. He's joining us from his hotel room in beautiful San Francisco, California. Stacy, I know you were playing hurt earlier in the week. Everybody's wondering, first of all, how you feeling? You know, I'm battling the sinus infection, Mark. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't think anybody really cares about that. You know, um, I'm a trooper. <laughs> I'm like. I'm like. I'm like the UPS man, baby. I deliver in all weather conditions, baby. And right alongside me is uh, Timmy Whispers with his uh, bright blue shirt. And Stacy, uh, you know, a lot of people think that Whispers is just this guy that says weird stuff on the podcast, but he's kind of a business tycoon. He was at a trade show, and you tell me that you're, you're wheeling and dealing everything over there. I'm swaying, swagging, and I'll leave that last part off. But <laughs> oh my god, he thinks he's Walt Frazier over here, Stacy. Uh, you know what? Sliding and gliding. Take that tight. You didn't. Need to take that tight shirt off, first of all. Okay. <laughs> it's a metallic blue. You know, if we turn the lights off, we'll still be able to see your shirt. Yeah, well, you put it under a sport coat. You look pretty good. No, I gotta see it. I gotta see it there, Whispers. I gotta see it. And Stacy, you got a chance to to run into Thunder Dan Marley, and he was even redder than Whispers last night. Oh, uh, I called him Larry the Lobster too. He was Larry the his, his Terry the Lobster. That was his name. Uh, they had both. It looked he looked just like Tim, but he was he might have been a little bit more crispier than Tim. Yeah, well, he was. He that's was, what happens out there. Yeah, I know the feeling. Man, yeah, he was. Yeah, you know, at least Timmy Whispers goes away after about a week. I think Dan's <laughs> is permanently on. He's 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 gonna look like that the rest of his life. <laughs> what's uh what's thunder dan up to these days you know i know he was coaching where at grand canyon state or yeah, something he was like that at grand canyon yeah he's just playing a lot of golf uh he's big in the community got restaurants and stuff like that you know and just having to enjoy life he's a legend down there in phoenix man 
And we like the photo of you and Tank. Scott Williams, you got a chance to run into. How's Tank doing? Yeah. Yeah, Tank's doing good. I, I talked to him right before I was, when I was doing the Open. Yeah. And so afterwards, you know, we were talking, and so we took the picture. You know, Tank's got to play both sides of the fence because he played for the Suns and he played for the Bulls. Right. So, he, you know, we're ready to take a picture, and he has a, a Phoenix Suns cap on. I had to slap it off. So they take that shit off. <laughs> they take that, you're not taking that picture with me in here. You're Bulls, buddy. You're Bulls. And so he's, he had his little Bulls ring, his 91 uh, championship ring. That looks like, compared to all the rings now, those rings look like like something that came out of a Cracker Jack. Oh, box. yeah. Yeah. Now they look like coffee tables. Oh, right? man. They're so, they're, they're so big and gaudy. Yeah. And we thought ours was big and good. Yeah. Yeah. But man, when you see it, when you see like the 91 version compared to what has been over the last 10, 12 years, oh my goodness, it's a huge difference. Well, you got a chance to see the Phoenix Suns up close and personal, and uh, Devin Booker certainly Woo! put himself right in the middle of the MVP discussion. We're at the quarter pole of the NBA season. We've got about 20 games in, and I'll tell you what, Devin Booker, he made some tough shots, and he just was not going to miss last night. Well, I, I tell you what, I, I was telling Adam last night, it was kind of like watching Kobe Bryant. You know, I mean, this guy was so efficient in his scoring. He, he took, you know, 25 shots, 31 if you count, count free throws. Uh, won fourth best in fourth best total in history, the least amount of getting to 50. Um, everything looked easy. I think the first three or four minutes, Mark, he was just playing. I mean, he was letting everybody else get off. He wasn't even trying to score. And then all of a sudden, like, if you notice at the end of quarters, I, I liken it to a boxing match when you're at the end of a round and they hit that little drum to let the fighters know the end of the round is coming. And then you'll see one fighter hear that and then is try to make a flurry of punches and then try to sway the judge's uh, decision. That's kind of like what he did last night after the end of every quarter. Uh, he just turned it on. He scored like seven, eight points at the end of a quarter. Like one time he had like 11 points in like 17 seconds or something. It was crazy. So how good do you think Phoenix is? Uh, obviously, a couple of years ago, they went to the finals, lost to Milwaukee in six games, and then they got knocked out in that ugly game against Dallas. Do you think uh, Phoenix has what it takes to win a championship, or do they have to make another move to, to strengthen that front line? Uh, I think they're going to have to strengthen the front line. Um you know, Crowder's not playing. You know, Crowder, they're trying to move him for whatever reason. I don't know. And I even said this last night. It's very surprising that, you know, they were trying to move DeAndre Aiden in the summer. Yeah. Uh, kid's 24 years old. Probably, you know, he's on that second tier of big men, you know, creeping to the first tier. Um, he looked like a first tier center last night against us. So, um and you, you kind of lose the fact because his face looks like he's 40, <laughs> but his body is like 24. He right, looks old. Right. He looks, it looks old in the face. It's a Greg, like Greg Oden syndrome, you know? Yeah, Sean Kim, Greg Oden. Yeah. they got those old faces. Yeah. They look a lot older than what they are. But, um, you know, the kid can score. He can rebound. Um, you know, he can pass the ball. Uh, he's, very, he's a very, very good player. And he's only 24 years old. He's been to a finals. Um, you know, I think the key for them is to get some depth at that forward position because they were very small last night, yeah. um, pretty much most of the game. And uh, without Crowder being there to play that three and four position, uh, they're real small. And then, you know, they brought in um, the kid from Australia to come in and play some minutes for um, for eight and when he was, you know, when he's out. Yeah. But that's good. That's good for them when you got a big lead. You can play that kid. But, you know, when you're playing a tough game, you know, you got to play against Jokic and he gets eight in foul trouble, you know, where do you go to? You know, you don't really have a lot of options. 
um, you know, they got to, they got to, you know, they got to figure out what they're going to do there. Yeah. Last year they had JaVale McGee and Bismack Biombo, So they were, they were deep at the center position this year. Not so much. They still got, they still got Biombo, but I mean, he, he's, he's not, to me, he didn't make a difference last night when he played. Yeah. Hey, uh, let's let's talk about it from the Bulls' perspective. Obviously, that was an ugly game. They had a good win in Utah on Monday night. Where where are things stand right now? I mean, uh, obviously, we saw the one scene where where Billy called a timeout and he was yelling at Io because he didn't make the right defensive rotation. Is are they starting to feel the stress of the fact that they're under five hundred right now, Stacy? I don't know. Listen, I don't know if that's the problem, Mark. Um, what what I do see on a consistent basis, um, they don't they don't compete defensively, and when you don't compete defensively and you continue to give up easy baskets and teams continue to shoot over fifty five percent from the field against you, uh, they're getting whatever they want. Whether they want layups, they got it. If we want to get open threes, we got it. The Bulls have to come out every night and and have it in their mindset like they did against Milwaukee and they get, did against Boston, where they're going to compete for forty eight minutes. We're going to get after you for 48 minutes and we're not going to stop. Uh, what you see with this team is against these other teams, they'll play a quarter hard when they're down 20. They'll play hard defensively, get back in the game or at least make it respectable. And then, but that, as you know, Mark, uh, you have to expend that much energy. You got nothing left in the gas tank. So, and you wonder, say, well, why would you come out with that same intensity when the jump ball, why would you wait to get down 18, 20, third quarter? You decide to play. You decide to play with a sense of urgency. And uh, until they recognize it's the defense, that's the problem, not so much the offense. Everybody wants to keep talking about the offense, you know, uh, the one-on-one and all that stuff. Listen, that's not the problem. They can score with anybody, okay? I'd like to see them get more assists. I'd like to see them, you know, implement some more some more players. I'd like to see Vuce score more in the post. I don't know if we'll ever see that. So we're just going to have to accept until Lonzo Ball comes back um, that this team is going to, you know, offensively is going to be the same team they are every night so then where do you go what do you do to go about making some changes you make it defensively you start putting in then in um some defensive schemes trapping a little bit uh you know the rotations are always slow and guys are always on the backside, not where they're supposed to be and that causes breakdowns defensively got some news before the game last night about lonzo ball from uh, billy donovan and it was not encouraging at all you know he said he's still feeling pain in that surgically repaired knee and he said he's nowhere close to even getting out on the court and running and cutting i know you're not a doctor stacy but you've seen a lot of these situations in the nba does that set off alarm bells in your head with some of the things that billy was saying last night yeah it's, it's a little alarming um because you know when you when you looked at the going into this last surgery it, it sounded so optimistic that, you know, it was nerve damage. They got the bone spurred. It was causing it was right. sitting on a nerve. And so that was the problem. And so you're like, okay, great, great. Now we understood what it was, why he was having so much pain. Now we addressed that issue. Now it's just about healing up, getting stronger, and then hopefully getting this kid back by December. You know, now you're looking at 2023 at some point, and that's really no timetable. So um, I just feel like, you know, they're going to have to play these games like he's not coming back. Right. I mean, seriously, I know it's, I know Bulls fans don't want to hear that. Um, but until he walks out on that court, uh, you're going to have to play these games without him. And, and you know, you can't continue to, to have games like you did against uh, Phoenix last night. You can't lose games against Orlando, uh, you know, Oklahoma City. You know, you've got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Start, you know, packing some of these games away 
because you're going to find yourself in a situation at the end. You're going to wish that you had won those games when it comes down to the very end. Yeah, now things don't get any easier for the Bulls. They play the Golden State Warriors on Friday night. Uh, Golden State coming off a loss to Dallas, but they've been playing much better lately, 8-4 and four in their last 12 games. And when you get those guys at home, Steph Curry starts making a couple of shots, the crowd goes nuts. That's a tough environment to win. Uh, what are the Bulls going to have to do to keep this game competitive on Friday night? Well, stay connected to the shooters. And you also got to remember, Mark, even though they're struggling and they're currently sitting ninth, uh, eighth in the West, uh, they're two and ten on the road, which is hard to believe yeah. because at, at home they're nine and one, and they're outscoring teams in 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 their arena by about twenty four points a night. So they're almost unbeatable at home. So it's amazing to see that they're struggling as much as they're doing on the road because they play the same style on the road as they do at home. But the problem with Golden State is is their bench. Their bench has not been as fluid as they'd like. They're going to have to start staggering starters minutes, playing with some of those instead of bringing five guys out and bringing five new young kids in, they're going to have to keep, you know, Steph Curry out there. They're going to have to keep Clay Thompson, some other guys out there, Draymond Green, maybe to offset, give them some leadership in that second group until they can get it right. But tomorrow the key for the bulls is, is to get off to a good start and stay connected to shooters. You know, that's been a big problem. Uh, You know, they've been facing three point shooting teams. Um, You're losing, you, you know, you're not paying attention to where the shooters are. You're not seeing them move when they when they when the ball is shifted, you know. So if you lose Steph Curry, that's that's thirty that's thirty forty points. You lose Clay Thompson, he's capable of scoring forty. You lose Jordan Poole, those guys are capable of scoring thirty forty points, and they have to be cognizant of that tomorrow. Yeah, and Jonathan Kaminga, who's been struggling this year, had what uh, Steve Kerr called his best game as Golden State Warrior in that loss to Dallas. So he may be more of a factor off the bench. Whispers, you, you're just sitting there. You got a question for Stacy? Anything you're wondering about Stacy on the road? I can't ask it here. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, you got a microphone in front of you. This is the perfect place just to ask like the question. Whispers. How is it out there on the road? Oh, that's yeah, a great well, question. You no, know, I mean, like, <laughs> he knows what I'm talking about. How is it? Well, let me tell you, Tim, it's been, a, it's been an exciting time, you know, um, you know, going to all these places and seeing all these fun people. I've run into a lot of friends yesterday in Phoenix. It was nice. It was 72 degrees. We stayed at the Biltmore Hotel, which is like staying on a, a huge compound, the Kennedy compound. Like it's huge. Like you literally have to take a call the Uber to come to your room to take you to the front, to the front desk. That's how big it was. Um, you know, really awesome place. Uh, you know, here it is in San Francisco. I thought it was going to be like sun and, you know, 60s or whatever. It's like rainy and cold, gloomy, uh, depressing, yeah. depressing. Um, but it's still, I mean, listen, it's it's no fun being on the road to travel. Because this is 17 years for me. I've seen everything 100 times. So it gets old after a while. And plus, I'm sick on this trip. That also sucks when you're yeah. sick on a trip. I got a sinus infection. So I'm constantly trying to, you know, stay, you know, drink, eat a lot of soup, drink, keep hydrated, and um, I'm being captive in my room, but it doesn't hurt to be in a five-star hotel. <laughs> yeah, I heard you and uh, Will on the uh, crossover yesterday talking about your experiences in Phoenix in the past. Were those uh, some great days back in the uh, championship days? Uh, yeah. I mean, hey, hey, I'll tell you, <laughs> I can write a book right now, baby. <laughs> it was like, we were like a rock band, baby. Oh, Lord, oh, baby, I was part of a rock band, baby, a revolution. Oh, oh, I can tell you stories right now. There's no cell phone cameras, Mark. 
Yeah, well, go ahead. Tell us the story. <laughs> hey, there's no, there's no uh, censorship here on the podcast. Tell us the story. Oh man, Mark, I gotta, I gotta keep a happy home, man. I, well, I forgot I'm single now. <laughs> That's right. I can say whatever I want. Say whatever I can you say want. whatever I want, baby. <laughs> well, there is one up no, there. No, there's an old story up in San Fran where he's at now, just down the street. Is that right? Hey, what's that story? What's the story, Tim? <laughs> Mitchell Brothers. Didn't someone get something in their eye? <laughs> oh, come on now. Oh, okay. No, I can't really say that. Okay, listen. Uh, back in the day, back in the day, Mark, we um we like to visit gentlemen's clubs back in the sure. day when we were, you know. So we'd go to gentlemen's club and we'd have some lemon pepper wings. You know, the players still do it to this day. Yeah, so Lou Williams. It's, yeah. it's been yeah, it's been a tradition throughout the NBA, the gentlemen's club. <laughs> so we go to this place called Mitchell Brothers, which I had never been there before. I was like twenty four years old. I, I didn't know what it was. It was not your typical gentleman's club. It was matter of fact, it was like a it was like something out of a out of a horror movie. It's like you you know it's so dark you can't see you can't see anything. It's like dark and like there's so many different things like a movie theater in there. So the people who made Mitchell Brothers, Tim will tell you the people who made Mitchell Brothers were like porn directors. They were like the big uh, pioneers of porn. That's how Tim knows all this. That's right. So, yeah. So, so they were the big industry of porn. So they, they, they opened up this club called Mitchell brothers. That's where they had the um, Maryland chambers. Uh, They did movies there at this place. Um, What is it? Deep throat, uh, Tim, you know that. (laughs) That wasn't there, but you're on the right right track. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So, Anyway, Mark, it was it was one of the best gentlemen's clubs I've ever been in my life. Seriously, it was unbelievable, unbelievable. And and um, <laughs> okay, so we're at a, we're at a table. <laughs> we're at a table. This is a this is a clean story. So we're at a table, and it's like one of those Benny Hanna tables when you it's go in. They cook huge the food round velvet tables. Yeah. Huge round table. Okay, so so you you know these these girls come out and they're in a shower curtain silhouette and they're dancing, dude. You remember you remember the. Uh, uh, rush hour scene where they were in the massage parlor and Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker, they were picking the girls and they asked Chris Tucker, well, who do you want? And he yeah. goes, I'll take her and I'll take her. Well, it's very similar to that scene. If you remember that movie, it's very similar to that scene. <laughs> so you pick the person you want to come over here and, you know, dance for you. And so, you know, we, we there's, I, I can't, I'm not going to divulge my teammates, but we had about seven of them over there. So yeah, yeah. we, we pick these people up, boom, boom, boom. They come over, you know, there's three girls. And so, they, you know, they do whatever you want based on how much money you want to spend. So if you only, if you're cheap, you're just going to get just a regular dance. It's going to dance and then get off the table and leave. But the more money you put on, the more creative they get. So you can only imagine when your mind, how creative they could get if you put big money down. So we had uh, Corey Williams, who was a rookie at the time. Yeah. And he was, he was all excited. He'd never been in there. You know, he, you know, his kid from Georgia you know, country boy from Georgia. This is the first time he's there. He and he didn't want to go because he didn't have any money because he wasn't getting paid like the rest of us were. So we like, no, we're gonna take you out. You're our rookie. We're gonna take you out. You're gonna have a good time. So we take Corey out there. You know, he's all excited. You know, he's like a dog. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, all right, calm down, big fella. Calm down. You you know, act like you've been here before. So the girls, the girls. So we tell these girls like, hey, he's a rookie, young kid. You know, just do something special for him. So we give him extra money. Boom, boom. So they, so they're, they're doing some stuff. Right. And so, uh, they have oil, they have this oil and they're like bathing each other, you know, lathering yeah, yeah. each other up in oil. So, uh, one of our teammates <laughs> said, uh, we call him Wee. He's like, Wee, go, go down there and look and see what they're doing. And he literally goes down and he slides on like underneath them and he's looking at the oil 
And some oil came like through the, like <laughs> off the girl from like their crack. And really got it right in the eye. And he's like, oh, <laughs> he got pink eye right then and there. Like I've never seen, I didn't know what pink eye was. Like I, I never seen it like activate so quickly. It was almost like he got acid in his eye. Oh, like his eye automatically swole up. It was, it was the craziest thing. And he's like, I, I can't see. We're like, hey, do we need to take you back to the hotel? No, 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 I'm good. I'm staying here. I'm staying here. <laughs> I still got one good eye. <laughs> yeah. He did not want to leave even with a swollen eye. It oh, was the craziest man. thing. Uh, uh, the dangers you, of that's, life that's, on the road. See, you knew a story would come there out There you go. That's PG rated too, America. <laughs> time to, Use your mind. Time for us to make a big segue and, and bring in one of our sponsors. I'm sure that uh, Jeff Vukovic is happy to be brought in right after that story. But uh, <laughs> Hey, did we I gotta, tell you all the did, did, Yeah, did, you, did you see him? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was there. He was there. He was at, he was at the game. He came out to the game. We, he wanted us to go to lunch. I couldn't go to lunch. So he, he didn't get pink eye, did he? <laughs> no, he didn't get big guy. He, but he, hey, but he was red as with. Was oh, that right? In the sun. Oh my he god! He left me a nice like, message. Hey, he was going to meet with Stacey. Hey, okay. Yeah. Hey, listen. He was. He'd been playing golf, and you know Jeff was looking like Oopa Loopa out there. He was all orange. <laughs> I'm like, like, damn. And he was out in the sun, and uh, so we talked to him at the game, man. It was great seeing him. He's a good dude. Yeah. Did you know he coached Jerry Harrison? No, uh, I didn't know. Play that. for the Cubs. Yeah, yeah. He Jerry because Jerry's from Naperville. I met right. Jerry last yeah. night. Jerry was at the game, and then he's a big fan of me and, and Adam. So he he was at the game. He was a guest with uh, Vooch, and Vooch coached him on his baseball team, his uh, Legion team. Wow. And uh, Jerry Jerry told me the story about that last night. How um, you know how he went to approach Vooch about playing because he knew Vooch had was playing with older kids and he wanted to play with them. Yeah. And Vooch said he didn't have any space, you know, space for a graduate kid that graduated from high school already. He was thinking the young kids. And so he told Jerry Harrison, said, I'll be the best player you ever had. And so, so uh, Vooch took him up on it. And then boom, they say, you know, Jerry Harrison was the best player he had. He ends wow. up being in the pros. Future major leaguer. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I met his son too. His son was there. Looked yeah. just like him. Looked just like gave some gave some bottles of hot sauce. Wow! So yeah, yeah everybody you know, wins. I travel with hot sauce. Everybody, everybody wins. won, babe. Everybody wins, babe. But we do want to tell you about Jeff's main gig when it comes to insurance for your auto, home, and business. Make sure you contact the king of insurance. That's nationwide agent Jeff Vukovic. If you're watching on YouTube, can you see him on the screen? We got the ad for him. There you go. You can also reach him at jeffvuk.com. That's jeffvuk.com. He'll take care of all your auto, home, and business needs. Stacey, do you feel up to singing the jingle today? Nationwide is on your side. All right, nice. Even Ill, he comes through. You know? He's a true pro. There you go. Hey, let's talk <laughs> Let's talk a little NBA before we bring in our special guest. We're going to talk to Chris Miller. He's the play-by-play voice of the Washington Wizards. They're off to a nice start at 11-11. and There's some other teams, Stacey, that are doing well. Sacramento Kings, who the Bulls will see on Sunday, they're off to a good start. They've made some good personnel moves. You know, the trade for Sabonis for Halliburton has worked out well for both squads. They got Keegan Murray in the draft, and it looks like that team is doing some good things in the West. Yeah, they're they're going to be tough. Um, you know, they're seven and four at home, Mark. Uh, they got a lot of good young talent. Um, Mike Brown is a good coach. He's got them playing up tempo. Uh, Sabonis is, you know, Sabonis is is like really giving them that post presence. Um, I think a lot of people were scratching their heads when they gave up Halliburton. Yeah. But uh, it's worked out for both teams. I mean, both those teams right now, if the playoffs start today, they both be in comfortably. So uh, I don't know how it's going to be in a few weeks. 
Um, but uh, the way it looks right now, I'm like, Sacramento's legit. Yeah, we saw the Pacers. Uh, they came back from a 17-point deficit to beat the Lakers the other day on a shot at the buzzer. And as you mentioned, the Pacers, I think they're fourth in the East right now. The stat about Halliburton is crazy. His last three or four games, he's got 40 assists and zero turnovers. I mean, this kid, this kid is something. I mean, that's a guy that I know the Bulls consider drafting him, and I'm sure they wish they had him right now. Well, I mean, you know what? I mean, everybody knew what kind of player he was coming out of, you know, college. So it's not a surprise uh, that he is having the career that he's having. I mean, he was really, he did really well in Sacramento. And, you know, Sacramento drafted, you know, three guards, you know, Bam, 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 you know, so, uh, uh, and again, to me, I mean, to get what you had to get for Sabonis, it was a great trade. Um, I would have tried to move some other pieces before yeah. I would have tried to move him, you know, uh, but I think in their thought process with De'Aaron Fox being a point guard, um, you know, I don't think they were comfortable having both those guys on the floor because they both need the ball in their hands and the other one, you know, trying to move the other one to the scoring guard, they don't really have the size. So that was your dilemma. And then, you you know, they had drafted a kid from Baylor the year before uh, Halliburton got there. So the little guard, um, God, I forgot his name. Darren Fox? Um, no, 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 no. The guard from Baylor that won the national championship. Oh, Davion um, Mitchell. Davion Mitchell. Yes, Mitchell. And they, you know, they de- they decided to keep him um, over Halliburton. Yeah, that's a mistake. Really surprising. <laughs> yeah, it was really surprising. Because Mitchell, Mitchell, and Mitchell's not a bad player. He's just... He's not a point guard. He's right. a he's a scoring guard in a point guard's body, and he's he's a hell of a defensive player. He's a hell of a defensive player. So they figured, well, you know what? Then we can play him at the two, and even though he doesn't have the size, but he's got the toughness and he defends. So we can get away with him and De- De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox could take the bigger guard, and then he could take the point guard when they want to go on defense. We'll talk a little bit about the MVP race and other NBA topics with our special guest, Chris Miller, who's going to join us next. Episode 109 of Give Me the Hot Sauce rolls on. Now it's my pleasure to welcome in our special guest. He is Chris Miller. He's the play-by-play voice of the Washington Wizards. I got a chance to know Chris when the Bulls played the Wizards in the 2014 playoffs. Uh, We were traveling back and forth and doing some special pregame coverage. Chris is one of the great dudes in in this business, and uh, I'm really happy to get a chance to reconnect today. Uh, This is your first year doing play-by-play. Tell us a story about how that all evolved, because you've done everything. You've done pre and post, sidelines. How did you get the shot to do play-by-play? Yeah, so I first of all, it's an honor to be on this show with you guys, especially my man Stacy King, who That's I was right. a huge fan of during those great Chicago Bulls runs. So it's an honor to be on here with you guys. Uh, you know, like you said, Mark, I did a little bit of everything. Uh, I've been with NBC Sports Washington, Comcast Sportsnet, all these different names, right? For this is my 16th season, and you know, I've hosted pre and post, sideline, did all that, and um, back in 2018. Uh, at the time, Steve Buckhans had a, a medical procedure. We were in Toronto and I got asked if I could fill in for him. And they were like, we know you've never really done it, but would you like to do it? And I was like, hell yeah, sign yeah. me up. Let's go. <laughs> you guys are going to have to deal with a neophyte out there. But, I, I, you know, I know the team. Um, we had covered Toronto in the playoffs before, so I was pretty familiar with both teams. And I did it. They were like, you sure you've never done this before? I was like, man, the last time I did play-by-play was in college at Indiana State. That was a long time ago. <laughs> Fast forward to last year, and as you guys know, with um, with COVID and everything, um, I filled in, did about eight games, and 
felt real good about it. You know, as you guys know, the game in the NBA is so fast. I found myself trying to be a radio guy on TV. So I said, let me be a little more judicious with my words because you don't have to describe everything you see. Right. because You can see it. One thing leads to another. And um, I got called in the offseason and uh, I actually auditioned for it the time before after uh, after Buck left and I didn't get it. I was a finalist. Dude. Clearly, I was disappointed, but I just didn't feel like it was my time. And it kind of just took me a couple of years to kind of get over myself to think, you know what? Let me see if I could do it again. And when the opportunity came up this time, they called me and said, ball's yours. That's and, uh, you know, the first thing I did is I cried because as, as you guys know, uh, dream jobs don't come uh, along very often. And I just look, kind of look back at my journey and like, wow, 16 years of covering this team. And now I get the opportunity to be the television voice. Not a lot of people get those opportunities. So Mark, to kind of answer your question in long form, um, that's how I kind of got this, this opportunity and I'm making the most of it. You know, I'm calling games with one of my closest friends in Drew Gooden, which makes it not a job, Mark, you know how it is when you, when you're working yep. with somebody that you not only, you, not only do you really respect in the business, but like one of your best friends, that's doesn't make it a job anymore. Stacy, that sounds familiar. That's like me working with you. You know, I got a chance to do a couple of games with Stacy filling in for Adam when they were searching for Neil Funk's replacement. I've done four games so far. And the first time I had the same experience, I was going a million miles an hour trying to call every play. And Stacy, the first time out goes, take it easy. You don't have to be talking that much. And, and you know, like you said, working with a friend, boy, does that make it a lot easier. And I am eternally yeah. grateful to Stacy for helping me get a little bit better in what I'm doing. And you know what's interesting about that too, and Stacy, I don't know if you got this sense too. When, when you have to have an uncom uncomfortable conversation with a friend, it's much easier than talking to somebody you don't like, right? Like if I, we're at, I think we're in our twenty first or twenty second game. I just kind of look over sometimes, and I'm like, "How am I doing?" You know, I tell Drew, <laughs> "Like, what do you need? Yeah. How do you want me to set you up?" And you know, it, it's easier when you kind of just look over and you see like your brother, and you're just like, you know, yeah. we argue all the time, but we have fun out there. And Stacy, you are somebody that I really enjoy because it's really authentic when a guy dunks on somebody or a crossover, that's authentic. And it's, it's unapologetically you. And I kind of stole that from you when I call games now. It's like, I won't be me. I'm not going to try to be the next man. I'm going to be exactly. Chris. Exactly. I, I think, you know, when I first started, Chris, it's funny because, um, you know, they were like, you, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't say that. You can't say that. And I'm like, basically, you can't have a personality. And I'm like, right. well, this job, this job ain't for me because <laughs> this is who I am. And if you knew me as a player, you knew this was going to transcend into the job that I'm doing now. And I think I created I created a lane for myself, you know, because I look at other people like I, I, my favorite people I used to like, like watching. Like I love Dick Vitale when I was in college. Dick Vitale, his passion, his energy. I go, that's, I would like to do that if I was ever to do that. You know, um, Kevin Harlan, uh, Doug Collins is like by far, in my opinion, like the best analyst, uh, NBA analyst ever. Steve Kerr was really good too. So I watched these guys and then I put my own twist on things because at the end of the day, Chris, you know, you got to be yourself. Yeah. Can't be everybody else. You know, you can use those guys as references, but at the end of the day, you got to create a lane that's for you. And then your fan base will gravitate to that. And they'll go, Hey, I like his style. I like how he does things. 
because we're all different. Right. Right. And the one thing that I've noticed now too, is, uh, you know, everybody has an opinion, right. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, I really don't get kind of subscribed to the comment. I'll read them. You know, my wife gets more mad than I do, but you know, you can't please everybody. Right. But the one thing no. that I do know is if I was trying to be somebody else, then it wouldn't be me. So I've got to be me. I'm just different than anybody else that's ever done it for the Washington wizards. In fact, I'm the only black play-by-play announcer ever in Washington, D.C. for the four major professional sports. Wow. So when you oh, wow. think about that, I'm just different, right? It's 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 a different cadence. Uh, it's a different experience. So that part of it is really fun every night being a part of really history. Hey, let's talk a little basketball. Uh, the Wizards off to a nice start. Kristaps Porzingis had a huge game the other night. I believe he had like 41 points. He's finally healthy. He's playing at the center position where he probably should have been his whole career, but for a different right. set of circumstances, right. people tried to make a you know a power forward out of him. But you know, Bradley Beal's healthy. Uh, Kyle Kuzma's playing great basketball. What do you think about the start? And do it is there sustainability there? So the Wizards, I think they're one of three teams that have three 20-point scores on their roster right now, which is very unique. Uh, you talked about Porzingis, who's extremely unique. Uh, we just came off of a game against Brooklyn where uh, he had a career-high 19 rebounds. Mm-hmm. So he followed up his 41-point game the night before in Minnesota, which was a career-high, to then get 19 rebounds. So he is really dialed in right now. Um, like you said, Mark, I agree with you. He should have probably always been playing the five. Yeah. Um, he hunts matchup problems. And I think everybody's a matchup problem. Even last night, Kevin Durant, who's another unique player, couldn't stop him. I mean, he's literally shooting over Kevin Durant. And how many times, Stacey, have we always said, if Kevin Durant squares up and shoots a jump shot, most people are contesting at his elbow. Like he, it's yes. him in the rim. There's no <laughs> hand in his face. And Porzingis is another level to that because being seven, three. And when he shoots, nobody is contesting his shot. So he's playing at a really high level. Kyle Kuzma has been a real find, especially last year with his rebounding and something he's doing different this year, guys, is he can get the ball off the rim and initiate offense. If it's going just downhill, trying to get a layup, or some drive and kick action. And it's a, it's a problem for the opposition because even though Monte Morris is our quote-unquote point guard, anybody can kind of get it off the rim and go. Yeah, I, 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 you know, your team is intriguing because it all starts and ends with Bradley Bill for me. Um, when he's healthy, he is just like we saw Booker last night. Those guys are unique with what they do and their skill set. Um, you know, he can come off screens. He can get his shot anytime he wants. Um, he does a good job of trying to make his teammates better and he can defend. He's a, he's a two-way player. So, you know, what do you, what do you feel has, has, has his season has gone so far? Is he, is he healthy, healthy? Um, cause he looks healthy to me. Yeah. Good question. I think, uh, he's as healthy as he's supposed to be at 21 games into a season. States. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's dealing with a little bit of a, um, a hip issue. He hit the back of the stanchion the other night and we were like, "Uh Oh, here we go. But he stayed in the game. You know, for me, when I'm looking at him now, I think this is the most offensively gifted team he's played on in the league because of Porzingis, because of Kuzma. Uh, Hachimura has been out, I think the last five games, but he's 
really been playing well off the bench, but offensively, this might be the best team. So I don't feel like Brad has to go out there and be a 30 point scorer like he did for, you know, back to back years. But I think he's still trying to find his way with this team because it's just so different for him, Stacey. It's like, oh, oh, I don't have to go get 40 tonight. Oh, okay, I can get 22 to 25, six assists, five rebounds, and we can still win. So the one thing that I have noticed, though, here re- recently is you get his shot chart. It's it's predictable. A lot of his stuff is in the middle of the floor, Stacey. And defensive teams, I think when they look at that, you know, if I noticed it, if this knucklehead can notice that, other teams, I'm sure, is going to notice that. If you look at his shot chart, a lot of his stuff is in the middle of the floor. I'd like him to move around a little more, get a little more diversity in his action, coming off pin downs, maybe some floppies, things like that, where now all of a sudden you can't really key on him at the top of the key. you got to be like, well, hell, he's on the baseline over here. Then the next time he's on the left side. I mean – he could even take his offense, I think, to another level if there's just a little more creation in terms of where he gets his shots off. Well, that's funny you say that because watching Devin Booker last night, that's one of the things that I noticed about him is that, you know, he used to get the ball from bringing the ball down before they got Chris Paul and he would attack from the top. Now, with Chris Paul has made him a more of an efficient scorer. He now playing with Chris Paul the last couple of years, he realizes now, like, I can get shots you know, from the corner, from mid-wing, post. I don't have to just get the ball to the top of the circle, try to ISO and beat my man off the dribble. And what makes him so dangerous, we saw last night, is that he's got a mid-range game plus a three-point game, plus he can put the ball on the floor and get to the rim. He's got three levels of scoring, which I didn't know he had. Because like we don't see him all the time. We see him twice a year. But right. last night, last night, I saw him last night. I swear to God, if, if he had took off a mask, it would have been Kobe. Like, that's what he looked like. Seriously, it looked like Kobe Bryant. And he, you know, he's worked with Kobe. He's idolized Kobe. DeMar DeRozan is a Kobe disciple. They both have similar games. The difference between DeMar and and uh, uh, Booker is Booker is more, he's got more outside. Like, he can actually stay off the three-point line and get his shots off, where DeMar is strict. I'm going to the mid-range. You can't stop me. I'm going to get my points right here. That's the difference. Hey, Chris, I want to ask you about uh, some of the draft picks Washington's made. Here in Chicago, people have lambasted the way the front office is operating. You know, we went from trying to rebuild with Lowry Markinen, Wendell Carter Jr., Kobe White, now Patrick Williams. And and you've seen a similar kind of thing, you know, with guys like like Denny Avdia, Corey Kispert, uh, Hachimura you mentioned. How are those guys being received by the fan base? And are they starting to get a little bit impatient that maybe they haven't emerged as the you know, the top flight players that the front office was hoping to add. Well, as you guys know, when you're drafting in the top 10, you're expecting these kids to deliver first game year one, which is just not fair. Right. But when you're getting into your second and your third year, where you're now talking about rookie contract extensions, now people want to be like, okay, listen, we've seen three years of you. What are you bringing to the table? Yeah. And of all the names that you guys have kind of mentioned, The one that is really, I think, elevated this year because of his availability has been Denny Avdia. I think he has played in 101 or 102 consecutive games, and he's starting to get a little more aggressive, Stacey, where he gets the ball. He's 6'9", and he's going downhill. When he first came into the league, um, they kept talking about him being a secondary playmaker. 
man, forget that. You're 6'9", and you got a body where you can get into the paint. Go dunk the basketball. So I think there's some improvement there. Rui has missed time, obviously, last year. This year, he's missed some time. He didn't get that rookie extension. So now, you know, the light's shining on him. Like, what's the plan for him moving forward? Corey Kispert, I think, is a young man that shoots the blood out of the basketball. Um, a couple of days ago, I think he was in the 50-40-90 club. And wow. he's a really good reserve player. Uh, I think he's getting better. But there's, uh, Stacy, as you know, if you can shoot it, they're going to find some shots for you, right? In the, <laughs> exactly. this league. They're, they're going to call a couple plays for you. Exactly. Uh, one that's really kind of like the head scratcher for me is Johnny Davis. Now, yeah. this is his rookie year out of Wisconsin, Big Ten Player of the Year. He was drafted 10th, and we rarely see him. He's yeah. back in the G League getting some time there. And I think it's a confidence thing with him, guys. I just felt like when he came into the league, it was just too fast for him. It was just a different – you guys know you're in Big Ten country. That style of play is very plotting – half court and then he went to wisconsin so it's like first yeah. of 54 wins right? that's right so yeah i think for him trying to get acclimated to this nba open court open spacing athleticism he's getting adjusted to that but i think the fan base is probably where chicago bull fans are when you're talking about young players is they want to see more they want to they want you know they want to get you know, they want to get the Victor Wimbenyamas every year, right? And it's just yeah. not realistic. I mean, it's yeah. just very hard. Those are generational type players. And I feel like development, Mark, needs to be something that I think needs to be addressed. It's one thing to draft a kid. It's another thing to develop that kid yeah. and develop him into your system where it works yes. for him and it works for the team. I agree 100%. I've said that all along. I mean, Look at some of the guys that we've lost that are playing like playing so much better for other teams. You know, Larry looks like a, a world beater in Utah. Totally different players. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. in Orlando is the same way, playing really well for them. You guys got Daniel Gafford. These are three guys that we can use right now in our roster right now. <laughs> and and they're playing better, you know, on someone else's team. And I I, I honestly believe that player development in this league, I think a lot of teams give up on kids too quickly because they don't want to develop them. They want you to come in ready to go from day one. And the league is getting younger and younger. Kids are coming in at 19 years old, 20. They don't have, they didn't play a lot of college ball, so they didn't get really developed there. So Stacey, they come here's here, the thing, Stacey, who's the OGs now? Look at the NBA now. You remember when you played, somebody put their hand on your neck and helped you and guided you those first couple of years in the league. I look at just our team and I kind of look in the locker room. I'm like, okay, who's the one that would actually take Johnny Davis along off to the side and help him? It's probably Taj Gibson, as you guys know. Yeah, Taj yeah. is one of those vets. He's 37. Um, he doesn't play much, though. But it's kind of like where this NBA is now, where it's like, Who's where's the mentorship? And it's not just some guy that's sitting on the back end of the bench that knows where all the great yeah. restaurants are on the road. No, this is yeah. somebody that's actually playing 30 plus minutes that when they sit down and that rookie sitting there, they're kind of educating them on what's happening out there. And that's the part of the NBA where I would love to see them get back to is mentorship from players that are actually really, really good. Maybe franchise guys, second level guys that help these rookies come into the NBA. Yeah, Chris, we got that with DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan has done a great job with Patrick Williams and 
uh, Io DeSumo, taking them under his wing, uh, you know, teaching them, you know, how to prepare outside of, you know, outside of what the coaches are doing. Because as you know, like, you know, when I came in this league, I had guys that are already 35, 36, Bill Cartwright, the John Paxons, these guys, you know, Charles Davis, these guys were older guys when me and BJ came in. So we had mentorships that were still playing. These guys were still starting. So right. they showed us, you know, what to eat, you know, uh, how to, how to rest, how to prepare for games, how to study film, how to study the scouting report. And sometimes I think when you look at some of these teams, it's like uh, when I watch it on a nightly basis, like I know the scout report on every player in the league. And then you look at, you know, some players that are playing and it's like, how do you not know that that's his strong move? Yeah. How do you know right. that's not what he wants to do? And I'm like, I'm 55 years old. I'm like, I'm studying this and I know what he's doing. So you have to put the work in. These young players have to learn how to put the work in and because you're not always going to be told what to do. You know, you got to be, you got to be, you know, self-active. You got to be self-motivated. And sometimes you got to do extra work on your own and not wait for someone to show you how to do everything. Hey, Chris, uh, I know that you developed a really good uh, friendship with John Wall during his time in D.C. You guys were much more than yeah. reporter player. You guys are actually good friends. And our buddy, uh, Tim Kelly, you got that photo? I don't know. Do they have that? Do you have the photo? I don't know if he, if he can see it on his feed, but... He got a chance to pose for a picture with John uh, before a game. Was that telling yeah, the story? Yeah. Tell and then the I story. knew uh, Chris was the guy for the job because he passionately defended him with uh, Colin Cowherd criticism a couple of years back. And uh, and I think at the end of that that bit, you said, and that's enough of that crap or something like that, which was <laughs> which was great because you don't see that that often. Where and that's that's when you see that defense of a player that that you're basically representing out there. That's that's passion. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I remember that. I, <laughs> you know, there's this fine balance, I think, with covering a team and, um, you know, being balanced, being fair, but, you know, not being a homer. You know, when John had bad games, I'd be like, you stunk tonight. But there was a respect there where he knew that I knew he could play better. But when things kind of went off the rails with people talking about, um, players and, and, and their personal lives. I, I just feel like that's, that's off limits unless it's affecting him playing. But I just felt like that was just, we were just doing a little bit too much um, talking about players, but yeah, he's still to me, one of the, one of my favorite players guys. And I, I'll tell you why, you know, I remember when he came into the league, he was, by far the number one overall pick in that draft. I don't care what Evan Turner said. Love you, Evan. You weren't the number one pick in the class. Right? But John was one of the more humble kids I had ever come across. And I covered LeBron James. I've covered a lot of kids that were supernovas getting ready to come into the NBA. But there was just something about him where he was just really a cool young man, humble, uh, fast as hell with the ball. And you know, 10 years later, you know, I covered every step of the way for him. And obviously when he got traded, um, it was an emotional night because I had to do my job. You know, Mark, when you, you know how it is when a guy gets traded, you yeah. got to do the pros and the cons, why it works, why it doesn't work. But at that time, I literally went on the air and said it made sense for both parties to move on because I think John had kind of worn out his welcome. Management ownership was done with him and it was kind of like, okay, well, it's a mutual, you know, parting of the ways. But I am so happy for him to get this comeback with yeah. the Clippers. And uh, he said the other day, Mark, uh, that he has a date circled 
and I have the same date circle. It's December <laughs> the 10th when he comes back to DC yeah. for the first time with fans. He came back, you know, when he was with Houston during COVID, but this will be the first time that he'll be greeted uh, at Capital One Arena with the hometown faithful. And we all expect he'll get a standing ovation. That's great. Yeah, I, I expect him. I expect to get a standing ovation because they love him. I mean, he does he does great work in the community. He's yep. a great kid. I mean, he's he's a, like you said, very humble, um, and just an awesome, awesome talent. Uh, it's a shame, you know, when you look at all the injuries that he's had to come by, and then how people turned on him. It's the same thing that Derrick Rose felt in Chicago. That's right. Like, yeah. You know, you win MVP. You put a team on your back and carry them by yourself, and then all of a sudden you get a couple of injuries. That, that you can't do anything about. It wasn't like control. you walked out there. Yeah, you, it's not like you walked out there and said, hey, you know what, I'm going to tear my ACL up today. No, <laughs> right. no one does that. <laughs> right. And so, and then to have people turn on these kids and act like they don't care. No, you, you know, you could play with a torn ACL. Come on, man, really? Well, so I, think, sad yeah, to see that. Kinda, I think people kind of forget that they're actually human beings. I think sometimes, and I'm not going to speak for all fan bases, but I do feel like that these, some of these fans look at these athletes like, they're their property or like, how dare you miss time? You know, like, like, no, they're human too. They put their pants on just like you do, except, you know, they dribble a basketball. Okay. You know, some of these fans, I think sometimes get it really twisted, Stacy. about, you don't think Derek Rose tried to go out there. He might've went out there, not even 50% because he loved the game so much and competed. He reminded me of John in that way of just kind of just playing yes. hurt. There were so many times where people didn't realize that John had a bone spur in the in his heel. That was probably about like that. He showed it to me when they took it out of his foot. He showed it to me what it looked like. And I was like, you played with that? Oh. He says, I've been playing with that for years. No one knew it. No one yeah. knows what it took for me to go out and compete every night. And this guy would be getting, what, 20 and 10 a night with a bone spur. And so... I think that's another reason why I just really kind of respected the hell out of him and still do to this day of just how much he went through just to get out on the floor. Hey, last thing for me, Chris, uh, I know you got a son who's in the broadcasting business. He's working in Denver, doing some great stuff yeah. there. You got another son who's a scholarship athlete in college. And maybe talk about uh, being a proud dad. Well, <laughs> my son, Mark, you'll, you'll love this. I did not want him to get into broadcasting. I know I said, the feeling. I told my son you know the I mean? same like, thing. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? Have I not come home every night? Going, Can you believe this happened or that happened? And my wife used to tell me, she'd be like, he would sit there and just watch you during your sports. Cause I'm like, first of all, what, teenager or what <laughs> adolescent would sit at home watching the 630 sports cast. Right, right. Right. But I had no, I hadn't, I had really didn't have any idea. He told me he wanted to be a corporate lawyer. And then, you know, he goes to college, he plays basketball. And once, you know, he graduated, I was like, well, what do you want to do? And he's like, I think I want to get into sports. I think I want to be a sports broadcaster. So he actually applied at Comcast in DC where I worked without me knowing about it. A buddy wow. of mine was like, Hey, your son, I think, applied for an internship here. I was like, he did what? Like, you know, <laughs> I'm driving home and I'm thinking, do I yell at him or do I kind of like tip my hat to him? Because that's, you know, for him to do that, he knows like, oh, you're Chris Miller's son. He knew going in, people would kind of judge him on it and he could have cared less. 
So he does the internship about a year and a half passes. He sends tapes out. He doesn't get a job. All of a sudden, he gets an offer in Pasquale, Washington. Nobody knows where that is. Central part of Washington State. Yeah. He flies out there and gets his career started, works there for two years. And then Marky got his big break last year. He got a job in Denver. Yeah. Uh, his first assignment was covering the Stanley Cup final, Mark. I mean, can you believe this? Yeah. The first <laughs> really. That were the, <laughs> and I can't be more proud of him. No matter me getting my dream job or the things that I've covered in my career, there was nothing that made me more proud sure. than to watch his first sports cast in Pasquale, Washington, and then that first sports cast in Denver. Yeah. And my wife, and she's like, you're a basket case. I'm like, <laughs> Mark, you, you, you know how hard this business oh, is. Yeah. And, and for him to start where he started and now to be in a really good market in Denver, I couldn't be more proud of him. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Whispers, you got anything else before we let Chris go? Nope, I couldn't find any dirt on him. Darn oh, it. come on. You usually come up with something <laughs> on all of our guests. <laughs> Not even a club up in San Francisco. Oh, Nothing. no. All right. Wow. I'll, I'll give you one thing, though. Mark, right. You mentioned that you know we connected you know during that playoff series between yeah. the Wizards and the Bulls, which, by the way, the Wizards won in five. That's right. I will say this. I actually predicted that because if you remember that Bulls team, came in walking wounded. Yeah. Remember, Butler was hurt. I don't think Rose played. Joakim Noah, a lot of stuff was going on with that yeah. Bulls team. I totally saw that coming. And I said it, and I'll never forget, I was on Chicago radio. Some of the people were looking at me like I had three heads. And when the Wizards won those two games at the United Center <laughs> to start that series, I was like, it's over! It's over! It's over! <laughs> and it was over very quickly, unfortunately. Hey, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Continued success with your play-by-play duties for the Washington Wizards. As I mentioned at the top, one of the real good guys in the business. We really appreciate you yes, Yeah, keep Anytime. up the good work. I'll see you, I'll soon. See you next week. Yes, That's right. Yeah, next week. Next week. Yeah. Let's pick it up the check. Hey, you do. You're making all the money down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bulls and Wizards at the United Center on Wednesday. Washington won the first meeting, so maybe a little payback coming up uh, on next Wednesday. Chris, thanks a lot. Best of luck. Uh, give our best to your boys, and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. You got it, guys. Thanks so much. Have a great night. That thanks, is Chris. Chris Miller, our special guest on Give Me the Hot Sauce. We'll talk a little football when we roll on. Really enjoyed our visit with Chris Miller, and he's excited about receiving some of Stacy's signature hot sauce. And uh, you never know who's going to come by the studio. Christopher Walken is also a big fan of the uh, hot sauce. Chris, what's going on, my friend? Hi, nice to see you, Mark. <laughs> it's good to be here. And one of the things that we haven't talked about is the holidays. That's right. One Gotta get that special gift. Here. That's right. And so I always recommend what else? Stacy King's hot sauce. <laughs> There's four wonderful flavors. What's your favorite, Mark? I mean, we just heard from Chris. He doesn't want anything too hot. I like the barbecue sauce. Great on everything. That's true. But it says fish. I don't understand that. (laughs) Barbecue sauce on fish? It's in the description. That caught me off guard, but then I tried it with some fish sticks. Wow. Breaking oh the budget. God. Christopher Walken eating fish sticks. That's stuff that I wouldn't no have. No kidding. Really do, they, do they even have fish sticks anymore? <laughs> That's why I look like that at the airport. <laughs> so go to gimmethehotsauce.com and use code KING21. Get 21% off and get some gifts going, will you? <laughs> will you? Will you? I mean. <laughs> More cowbell. More, More cowbell. cowbell. Yeah. I got a fever. 
and only the hot sauce can cure it. <laughs> Always appreciate Christopher Walken stopping by, sharing his love of hot sauce. Hey, uh, the, the Packers play the Bears on Sunday, four and eight against what is it, three and nine? Is that the records coming in? Just it's miserable. The one bit of news on Thursday is that Justin Fields was a full participant in practice. Aaron Rodgers has already said he's going to play. So, Stacy, we might have that game of Justin Fields against Aaron Rodgers, which probably neither one of those guys should be playing at this point. What do you think? Oh, man. Uh, if, I, if I was the Packers, I'd just go ahead and pack it in yeah. and uh, just play Jordan Love. You're not going to make the playoffs. There's a slim chance, but you're not going to make the playoffs. And, you know, let's see what you got in Jordan Love. I mean, he's still going to have to pay Aaron Rodgers, I think, He's got guaranteed like 50 some million next season. So it's going to yeah. be hard to cut him. It's going to be hard to trade him. So, but just sit him out, man. Cause it, to me, it just seems like Aaron Rodgers, heart's not into this season. I don't know about how you look at him, Mark, but it just doesn't seem like he's having fun, nor is he interested in playing. Yeah. He's, he's grown very philosophical in his media appearances. Like he's almost setting the table for him to retire, but he's got so much money on the table. I don't think he can leave that there. Yeah. His legacy is in jeopardy. Ah, what nicely done. Oh, did you like that? Yeah, Just what, like whispers. What did you do with Walken? You got rid of him? <laughs> <laughs> whispers. You never know what you're going to get with whispers, that's for sure. So the Bears are in a situation now, Stacy. if the draft was held now, they'd get the second pick in the draft. But they have their quarterback in Justin Fields. You know, you could always take a defensive lineman, an offensive tackle, but you think they'd be better off when the draft rolls around to trade back and get multiple picks because they have a lot of needs, especially on that defensive side. Yeah, that's what I would do, Mark. I mean, I mean, unless there's a serious game changer like a Deion Sanders or, you know, Randy Moss, which there's not, um, I definitely would try to move down, trade that pick, try to get multiple picks, move down, um, try to scoop up as many talented players as you can because we all know the first round is not really where the draft starts. Right. You know, it's like that, that it starts like that third and fourth round is when you get the hall of famers and the guys are going to be the staple of your team, your roster. Um, you know, not saying the first round, you can't get a guy like, you know, Dan Marino or something like that. John Elway. I mean, that can happen, but the draft we all know normally starts about the third or fourth round. Yeah. And the bears really need an impact wide receiver. If uh, Marvin Harrison jr. Was in this draft, he would be a top five pick, but he's only a sophomore. So he's not eligible for the draft. They'll, they'll find somebody and they also have a ton of money to spend in free agency. So the, the arrow is pointing up for the bears while green Bay with Rogers starting to decline. Their arrow was pointing down. Yeah, let's talk some college football, and and coming up on Sunday, we'll get the matchup for the college football playoff. It looks like it's going to be set with USC moving into the top four after Ohio State got destroyed by Michigan on Saturday. What do you think? Oh about, wow! What, what do you think about USC? You think USC is is dangerous with Caleb Williams at quarterback? Yeah, they're going to beat Utah. They're going to beat Utah. They should have beat them the first time. They're yeah. undefeated right now, and this wouldn't even be a discussion. Uh, USC is the best team out of the West and um, they're going to probably end up playing in the national, you know, semifinal game and have a chance to play for a national championship. Their offense, Mark, the problem is they can score with anybody in the country. If you want to go, you know, you want to go bullet for bullet, uh, Lincoln Riley and USC can score with anybody in the country, but where they're going to get beat is their defense. As many points as they score, they're liable to give them that much more. And that's a problem. They can't, stop anybody and um you know they run up against a georgia team that can also put up 35 40 points you know in a shootout it's going to come down to who gets the final stop and i'm gonna put my money on on georgia to get that final stop if it was a you know a place where who's going to win the game i'm going with georgia um but 
I tell you what, I would not, I, after watching what Michigan did to Ohio state walking into, you know, they're, you know, on the road, going into a hostile environment. If you would have told me that they were going to like shellac Ohio state like that, I said, no way, yeah. no freaking way. Ohio state at home is just almost impossible to beat. And with all the tradition and everything that comes along with the two in the rivalry, you did not expect what we saw Michigan do. Michigan, and 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 understand how good Michigan actually is. Their starting running back was out with a knee injury. The, their second running back's got a broken hand. And he played. He, he had that big run at the yeah. end. But they for, for three quarters, Mark, they had probably nine yards rushing. So they were forcing Michigan to play to throw the ball. And that kid, the game was changed when, when the quarterback, McCarthy, uh, threw those two bombs, yeah. uh, 60-plus yard bombs. And I think I think Ohio State was caught completely off guard because they didn't think the kid could throw. They didn't think he had they had an offense that could go vertical. And those two bombs were backbreakers. I mean, Ohio State was never the same after that. Yeah, JJ McCarthy is from the Chicago area, played at Nazareth Academy. So this is a guy who can throw the ball, and Harbaugh was just basically holding some of those plays back, just saving them for Ohio State. And I've told this story before that. My son is a graduate of Michigan. My daughter is a graduate of Ohio State. So no matter what happens, one of them is going to be happy. One of them is going to be miserable. So I, <laughs> I tried to send Brooke a text saying, you know, it, it's all right. And then I saw this person has turned off their notifications. So she wasn't going to have <laughs> yeah. to hear any of that from yeah. her friends about what happened to Ohio State. You know, that's yeah. It's been, speaking, speaking of the lovely Brooke. Yeah. You know, for Thanksgiving, she made a <laughs> string bean salad, the string bean casserole that, that the whispers is delicious. About. Oh, delicious. Yeah. 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 I'm glad yeah, everyone enjoyed it. it. Well, Stacy was saying, yeah. I, sh- I should have taken a picture and sent it to you. So, you know, so you could enjoy yeah. it vicariously. Yeah. Maybe, maybe bring yeah. me a sample so I can really see what it's supposed to be like. Maybe I just yeah. mess yeah. it up. All that trash talking. You yeah. Talk. Okay. Brooke heard about it. That's right. And she said, oh, you know what? I'm not oh, going to be deterred by making my green bean casserole. <laughs> I'm going to do it again. And, and she did it again. Congratulations yeah. to Brooke. It was delicious, Tim. You would have enjoyed yeah, it. Well, yeah. hers is clearly better than everyone else's. <laughs> <laughs> clearly better. There's no I'll question about it. i have to try it. Just like how Stacey's cranberry jello is better than everyone else's. Is that right? Who's? What? Yours? <laughs> it's another, another, awful, another awful dish. Hey, first of all, first of all, he's lying. I don't have a cranberry jello. He's lying. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have a, I have my mother. My mother made this jello. It's not a cranberry jello, but it's a, uh, it's a fruit salad jello. This is awesome. Like she could use Miracle Whip. Oh, the Hawaiian one? Like mandarin yeah. oranges. Awful. And what does that have to do with you? Never, you never ate it. You How never many Hawaiians were at Thanksgiving? I don't get it. How many Hawaiians? Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Whispers. See, another sponsor what? left. <laughs> jello, this, 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 this fruit salad my mom makes is awesome. It's, it's jello. It's uh, whipped cream. It's all the kind of fruit you want to put in there. And it's stirred up. And then you leave it in overnight. And it comes out conjooled and it's like oh oh it's awesome there i do make that it is that is mm. awesome it's a hit at all holiday parties tim's never been invited to my house on the holidays <laughs> uh you know since he didn't invite me other than other than when he wants me to work uh i definitely don't invite him to my house <laughs> well stacy's been busy on the road you put out a couple of videos uh one was about uh, some of your great friends uh that you got a chance to work with and then run they're into all, it, Oklahoma all, city. And then you had the video yeah. of the hangover crew. And I saw some of the, yeah. some young Tim Kelly and that it was pretty scary stuff. Yes. Oh, no. It was a, hey, yeah. was a, I did not that, see this. Hey, Mark, yeah. 
Mark, oh, boy. that was a cry for help. That was like, I, I'm sending a message to all my friends. Yeah. Like, Hey, we need to get together. We don't That's call right. enough. We don't. Talk. Yeah. So I put, I put a little sympathetic. I wish we had it. So, so I wish our, our crack pot crew behind us could put that on there so people can see what I was talking about. Yeah. But because we don't hang out. See, when you get older, you know, you tend to take for granted your friendship. I see Tim all the time. So it doesn't yeah. count. But like the rest of the guys, you know, uh, you know, Clay Cooper, you know, Bob Morrison, uh, Chris, I saw Chris guy. He came to the show a, couple, yeah. uh, a week ago. Yeah. Okay. But that's the first time we've seen him. Like, it was like, where's Waldo? That's the first time I've seen him in like two or three years. Like we don't, we don't, we're not, we don't, we're not doing things like we used to. He's out driving past high schools, throwing quarters out. That's where he's spending his time. Wow. <laughs> wow. This man is a respectable dentist. You know, just oh like this person. You just never know what Tim's going to say, man. Hey, what's hey, his nickname? So that, so that video, so that video was, was more of a, a cry for help for my friends who I, I consider my, my uh, ride or die friends. That's right. And I was hoping each one of them would see it and go, yeah, you know, Stacy's right. We need to start doing more things together. <laughs> and did, did anybody respond? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't the, seen this video. The power of that social tells you. media. That yeah. tells you. you didn't see it, Tim? No. Yeah, you got to check it out. I'm Two really good videos. Great. Singing yeah. and dancing, huh? No, no. It touches the heart. No, yeah. no. It's just, it's just, it's pictures of us throughout the years. Like yeah. Hanging out, oh, doing right. things, playing golf, all kind of stuff. I got to put it together, Tim. See, Tim, that's you. You know what? You know, you're not a true friend, okay? You're not, you're not a part of the hangover crew anymore. I'm putting, I'm putting, I'm putting new members in the hangover crew. All you guys are out. You've all been revoked because you don't, you don't follow up. You don't do anything with us anymore. We used to go on, we used to go on trips to Vegas. Yeah. We guide trips. We had some fun. I used to have a lot of fun. Hey, everybody gets, sure, everybody's Mark, you just went from, now. you just went from 17 back to three again. There you go. Hey, you know, it can be part <laughs> yeah, of the hangover, the hangover crew is, uh, is your, uh, your buddy from Windy City Limousine, Mike. When I, when I showed up at the airport oh. I, on Thanksgiving night, Stacy's getting out of the limo. Of course, Mike's taking him. I thought maybe the Doubleman twins were in there too, but they weren't. So I was a little bit disappointed. Oh. But Stacy, tell oh. tell the folks how they can get a hold of uh, the best service uh, limousine wise. Oh, okay. Hey, Windy City Limousine provides championship service. Making a reservation is so easy; it's a slam dunk. Let Windy City break the full core pressure of traffic and get you to your destination in style and on time. Contact us at eight four seven nine one six nine three zero zero. That's eight four seven. Nine one six nine three zero zero, and tell him Timmy Whisper sent you. <laughs> Ask for Mike, one of the great guys, too. <laughs> Mike, yeah, if you wait, listen, America. Ask for Mike Amaroff to drive you. Okay, yeah. so when you call Windy City and you you get a limousine, you get a SUV or whatever, make sure you ask for Mike Amaroff, Stacy King's personal driver. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully he's listening to the show right now. Hey, uh, you know one of the, your friends that we got a chance to meet last week, uh, I got a chance to meet was Andy. Mm-hmm. Chief Little Lakes. Chief Little Lakes. <laughs> and, and what a great guy. Really engaging. I enjoyed talking to him. But why don't you tell folks how they can take advantage of his service? And I'm not sure about that first sentence in the copy. Yeah, it's been rewritten. It's All right, go ahead. Go little, ahead, Whisper. It's a little more uh, right to the point. All right, go ahead. There's some nasty, ah. there's some nasty shite in this Chicago water. That's why we only drink angel water here in the Hot Sauce Studios. Stay hydrated all year long with water you can trust. Angel water. 
Call 847-382-7800 to get your water tested Stacey's on antibiotics. You got you to gotta liven this up but a little bit. Remember when Andy said because of Stacey, he's actually came in to get a refund? Yeah. That's, that's what that's Why, why don't you give the phone on. number again for people that want to take it? 847-382-7800 for a free water test today. And I appreciate what he was talking about last week when yeah. he said, it's not about just healthy water. It's about getting the toxins out of your water. Exactly. You got to think about it that way. So was Andy part of the hangover crew or no? Here and there, but not part of the core. Okay. Yeah. He was part, no, of, the bas- part of the, the basketball group that you. You're he's a guy. Right. He's a guy, Mark, that we give a patch to that he's on a make good offer. Like, so, <laughs> you know, him, him and Rich, Rich, even though Rich was in the video, Rich is still like, he, he we, we don't know if we really want to bring him in the Frank Farmer and yet. Chief Little Legs are rotators. Okay. <laughs> They're rotators, yeah. They're they're on the second group, man. Second group. They might have to go down to the to the uh, G League and get some uh, reps in. They come off the bench. A big event starts on Sunday yeah. in San Diego. Baseball's winter meetings, and here in Chicago, it's getting really cold. And uh, baseball fans want to be Ooh. livened up by some good news. The Cubs supposedly have money to spend. They've done nothing yet. The White Sox they lose Jose Abreu. He's going to the Houston Astros coming off a World Series championship, and they bring in Mike Clevenger, who was a really good pitcher in Cleveland, not so good in San Diego. Stacey, what do you think about Abreu going to the Astros? I was really shocked by that. Um, you know, wake up, see it. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. Like, did they get did they trade him? Did they get somebody he signed as a free agent? Um I can understand, Mark, what they're thinking. You know, I mean, I, you know, he's older. You know, his numbers were down. His, his power numbers are down. Um, sometimes those players, you know, they need a change of scenery. You know, this guy could very easily, you know, next year hit 36 home runs. And then everybody's like, why'd they let him go? Why'd they let him go? You know, Swarber. You saw Swarber have an impact on, you know, Philadelphia making the World Series. You know, all these players that leave Chicago, you know, um, you know, Rizzo. I mean, Rizzo still should be a first baseman for the Cubs. Right. You know, uh, he's very productive. And as long as you got a DH, there these guys are going to be viable for a long time. I mean, Albert Pujols was held 40-something and was really productive as a mm-hmm. DH. So these guys still, I mean, you have to factor in the those when you're when you're count when you're trying to decide how much good baseball player has. You know, uh he's 30. I don't know what Abreu is, 34, 35? 35, yeah, it'll be 36 for okay. next season. So then you then you gotta say, okay, how many good how many years does he have that he can because he's a good first baseman. Yeah. So it's not like he's he's terrible first baseman and a good hitter. He's a complete player. His power numbers have went down, RBIs, home runs. Uh that could be attributed to a lot of different things. He might have been hurt last year and we didn't know. Um, so, you know, it's hard to judge a player. Only the people on the inside knows what really was going on with them, but the guy is still capable of hitting 30 home runs and driving in over a hundred. So, um, those kind of guys are hard to find in baseball. Yeah. One thing that I hope we hear over the next week, uh, when they're meeting out in San Diego is that a friend of the show, Carlos Correa signs with the Cubs. That would be great. Get a, get an impact shortstop on the That would side. get people excited. Yeah. And he's, and he'll come on the show again to talk all about it. It'd be great. Yeah, I won't call him Alex this time. <laughs> wow, wow! But it wouldn't it be wouldn't it be crazy if he went to the he went to the White Sox? No, he's uh, not going to go there. They don't have enough money to bring him in. You never know; they could scrape they could scrap some up. They could scrap <laughs> some money up, baby. Hey, I'm because listen. At the end of the day, who's closest to a World Series? The White Sox are. Well, the White Sox are closer. Yeah, no question. Yeah. So, what is he going to take? for that team 
to, you know, cause the last two years, they're supposed to be the best team in baseball and they fell short. Yeah. So what is going on? Like what's, what is it? Is it the pitching? You know, what is it that's keeping this team from reaching its potential that everybody thinks they are? So if you're close, Mark, if you're close as they are and you know how hard it is to win a world championship in baseball, I mean, do you go for it? Do you say, well, let's just blow it up and, you know, go back through the minors and see league system, da, 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 da. Is Abreu the first domino that falls? And then, you know, you're starting to think about blowing it up. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, a new manager, Pedro Grifol. We'll see what he can do. He was in the division with Kansas City, and they'll bring in some new players. But the problem with the White Sox, mostly the last couple of years, just massive injuries. They've got to keep guys healthy if they're going to reach the potential everybody sees. Stacey, I know you've uh, been under the weather, so you've probably been watching some TV. You got any recommendations for the folks before we say goodbye? Oh, man, I'm I'm, I'm watching Yellowstone, man. Yeah. Watching Yellowstone. Did you, ca- did you catch up? And I'm caught up now, right. baby. Yeah, I've been I'm watching. Caught up. And uh, I'm going to tell you something, man. Yellowstone is one of the best shows out there yeah. right now. America, mm-hmm. America, if you haven't watched Yellowstone, please do. It is awesome. And that Beth, awesome. ja- that Beth Jamie thing is off the hook now. It's just going to yeah. get worse oh. and worse. Man. Hey, hey, yeah. Someone's going to die. Gotta, gotta, <laughs> hey, somebody, hey, I, you're right. Somebody is going to die because like, he tried to run her over. Yeah. When he kicked yeah. Her out the, when she got out of the car. He tried to run her over after she, after you know she she found out that he had a baby. Yeah, and and she goes, "You had a baby. You had a son. You of all people, God blessed you." And she was she's and she's still mad about it. Yeah. She's talking about kidnapping his kid. Yeah, I'm taking that baby for you. You don't deserve it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wow, Beth. And if you haven't watched episode four, we apologize for. Hey, listen, <laughs> listen, America, listen. It comes on every week. Okay, if you if you behind. That's your own damn fault, America. Hey, Stacey. Okay, we are, spoiler alerts here. D is shaking his head. He's upset. He was he was going to watch it. Now, <laughs> well, you now. know what? First of all, D doesn't even have uh, Paramount. Okay? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> have, you, so you don't have to worry about that. Paramount. right? You don't have Paramount. I have Paramount. You don't have Paramount. Yes, I do. No, you don't. I no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, I you're a student. You're a student. You don't have it. I have the student deal, man. I have a student deal. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. This guy. This guy here. Come you know on, what? You, you, I can't you're see not you guys. Like that. I'll be in the. I will be in the studio uh, next week. Yeah. And there's gonna be a lot of people getting throat punched. <laughs> right, I'm right out there. Okay, there's gonna be a lot of throat punches handed out when I come back uh, next Thursday show. Okay, so just watch your neck. Do some do some neck ups. Get them strong. <laughs> that's do some. So, that's do some head ups. That is not fair. Yeah, with with Stacy here in studio, we're gonna have a special announcement next week. So we will uh, share that with our with our audience next week. Uh, that's just a little bit teaser. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's that, that's a teaser. That's what we call a teaser yeah. in the media field. Yeah. Not an not a spoiler. It, I, you know, listen, listen, Mark. I thought you were gonna say, oh, the the, the teaser was Tim and the thong. Oh, oh, <laughs> Nobody wants that. that. Nobody no, wants no. that. And he's all red. He's he's his little lobster <laughs> with a thong on. That's, I thought that was the announcement. All right. Well, that's yeah, in March. Tim we're gonna do that. In a thong. It's a little. It's a few months away, no. but. That episode's coming. <laughs> oh no! Oh no, it's not. That's like no, that's not. like page seventy-two no. of the Montana magazine. We, we got to break ten thousand subscribers. Hey, hey, listen, the lady, the the rotisserie, the Rotary Club of, uh, of Montana, they called me. They said they want to do another photo shoot. There you go. I said, okay, I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After watching Yellowstone, we can I'm, only imagine you on a horse. Yeah, I'm gonna be out there. I'm gonna be out there. I'm gonna be out there with some grizzly bears. 
and I'm gonna be out. I'm be. I'm gonna have some like Uggs on with like furry boots. Yeah, and I'm gonna be naked. And <laughs> Just I'm like there Grizzly Bears. And by the way, that's not the special what? announcement I was referencing. <laughs> 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 Stacy, oh hey, rest those vocal cords. Bulls fans, we want to remind you that uh, tomorrow's game, Friday's game against Golden State is a national telecast on ESPN. So Stacy and Adam get to rest their, uh, their vocal cords, but they'll be back Sunday for the uh, 5 o'clock start against the Sacramento Kings. Right, Stace? But guess what, America? America, guess what? What? I'll be on Instagram live, baby. There you go. I might be broadcasting the game from Instagram live, <laughs> baby. Along. So make sure you check that out. Stacy, get some rest. Enjoy San Francisco. We look forward to seeing you in the studio next Thursday. I want to thank the Sriracha crew. I want to thank our special guest, Chris Miller. I want to thank everybody who participated in the uh, live chat on YouTube. You guys are, are crazy. You're nuts. They're fighting each other. It's just it's fun to watch. So we appreciate each and every one of you. And Stacey, you got some advice for the folks as uh, we say goodnight? Yeah, uh, you know, make sure you send Tim some, uh, some uh, <laughs> batteries, D, D batteries for that electric shirt he's wearing because it runs on batteries, okay? He needs as many batteries as you can send him. All right, send him to the Sriracha Studios. <laughs> <laughs> and some aloe vera for the burns. <laughs> I'm jumped up. Oh, Elizabeth is coming to join you. Elizabeth, Elizabeth. <laughs> oh boy, that, That's good. America. You cough it all out. You're, you're getting yeah. better. America. Did somebody America. hit the screen? I'm going down. I'm going. <laughs> if Stacy hit the screen, if Stacy could talk, he would say, "Drive home safely." Drive home safely, Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> so long, everybody. Give me the hot sauce.